Today's daf is uh, one thirteen. Last daf of Sanhedrin. Um, we're going we're picking up all the way at the top of Kufia Bet Amu Bet one twelve, page two. Uh, um, Amu two. So we're dealing with this. We have a, we had a Mishnah on page one eleven B Kufia Aleph Amu Bet, which is talking about Irni Dachat. And uh, if you go down like five or six lines up, like seven lines up from the when the when the lines start getting wide, we have a part here where it says, "Besarafta um, ba'esh da'ir." The Mishnah. It's kufir alaf mubet. Ve'kol shalak chalil Hashem elokecha shalav alosh al shemaim. Mikanam ro'ayik deshot shaba yipadu. But trumot your 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 kavu. I think your kavu. Maser shini ve'kodesh ignozu iganezu chalil Hashem elokecha. And it keeps going. I'm a Rishim on Mara Kreshbach. I'm a Temosim Din Beiranidacha. Maleni Lechem Kilo Atemalim Ola Kalila Ivni Hashem. So we're all, we have these discussions here. I'm just going to kind of give. This is the this is the framework of where we're going to be working today. So I'm just going to go over this in very very brief. Um, you have to burn the whole city. It says burn it and all of its property. Kol Shala. So it says Shala all of its property and not the Shal Shamayim. It's not the, like the, the these the holy property. Um, anything you were, you know, you sanctified, um, they all become, you have to, uh, redeem them. And then you, uh, you can sell their, uh, you have to redeem them in order to remove them from the category of, uh, um, the, those, those don't get burnt, but you end up by redeeming them. Chumot Yerakevu and the Chumot also, you don't, um, they don't get burnt, but again, you don't, uh, you don't bring the Chumot because it's not respectful. To bring something, even though uh, because it's, it's from that town, nevertheless, so you let it just kind of rot away. Same thing with them; they don't get burnt because they're part of the city. They're, they're they're holy things in the city, but nevertheless, you don't uh, you don't use them. You, you you bury them because it's not respectful to bring things from. Okay, um, okay. Khalil Hashem Amar Amar So what does it say? Khalil Hashem that's another part of the pasuk. Uh, Rabbi Shimon says, Kadesh Baruch says, if you if you do this din, you do this judgment on the Erni Dachat, I'm going to think I'm going to make it uh, making consider as if you brought a Malayalim Ola Khalilifnei So it's like you're bringing a, a korban in front of me when you do that. And the idea is kind of like when you when you remove negativity from the world, that elevates the world to some extent. So I'm just kind of reviewing a part of the Mishnah on Daf Kufiyot Alf Mubet in order to frame what we're going to do today. Um, and then it keeps going on, because we're also going to discuss this today. This is when the lo- long lines are already. By Tatelam, Lotase, um, we have a machloket. It says it has to be forever, like a, uh, a remembrance. This town. It's so the question is: Is it uh, you can't build ever build anything else there, or you can't build it the way it once was? So, you can never build anything else there. You can build it, but you can't do it like it once was. So, you can always still have a, rem- a memory of what was going, what happened there. So, you, you can do, you can put art- orchards there. Or, uh, or gardens, but you can't build it up as a city. So that's kind of those. This is where we're going to be focused on this whole Gemara. So it's going to break piece, piece, piece by piece. So the first part is Hektish Shot Shabbat. So um, if you, I don't know if this interests you, I just kind of went through the different parts of the Mishnah. It's just that's that's how it's going to be dealt with. So okay, Hektish Shot Shabbat Ipadu. So 
um, the all the hekt, all the hekdashot, all the um, all the uh, holy things in the city, they they don't get burnt because they're to God. So, so all your shlala, all the property of the town, not the shlal of Hashem, that doesn't get burnt in the Ernidah. So what do you do? You redeem it. I think you redeem it because, again, you don't want it to, because it's uh, it's not respectful to bring it maybe in front of So we're going to go into that while you redeem it. Okay. Tanar Banan. Hayuba, I'm not going to read Kodashim, I'm just going to read Kodashim. Kodashim is Be'ach Yamutu. So here's a bright den, and this piece of the Gemara is going to actually be dealing with the bright den until we get to the next part of the Mishnah. So, Tanarma, Yayuba, Kodashim, 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 Yamutu. So if you have Kodashim and Kodashim, they die. That's already a question, why do they die? Kodashim, Bipadu, Bipadu, Ipadu, Bichumot, Yirakevu, Master Shini, Vikitveo, Kodashim, Yiganezu. So everything's the same except for this first part. Where it says Kodashimu Kodashimizbech Yamutu, we didn't see that in the previous Mishnah. In the Mishnah, we just saw that they were they become they become redeemed. So why do they die? Rabbi Shimon Omer Behemta Velo Behemat Bechor Maaser Shala. So it says Behemta, your animal. So that comes to exclude Behemat Bechor Maaser. Those those don't get those don't die. Shala, all your all your property gets burned. Prat lekesef hahekdesh lekesef Maaser. So we're going to go into the details here. Okay, uh, it says Amar Mar. Now this is now we're reflecting on the Brita. Right? It's a Moradic discussion, uh, and and the, the main question here actually I'm going to present you is going to be really four before we get to the Agata. There's going to be four discussions that are pretty fascinating. Kind of like trying to figure out what is Shemai and what's what's Adam. What what is ours and what's God? If it's ours, then it gets burnt. If it's God's, then it, then it's spared. So here's the situation. Let's say you have um, you have Kodeshim the Kodeshim of the Mizbeach, Korbanot of the Mizbeach. Now um, let's say you you um, you redeem them, redeem them. You sell them, and you have money now. You, now you have mo- their monetary worth. Um, the question is: Is that monetary worth also also considered um, like their the, like their gods, or is it now it's kind of like it, it's transformed into currency? Maybe it's considered like part human. It's 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 considered our possession and not godly possession. That, that's going to be the mafloket here. Rabbi um, Yochanan is going to say. Anything that's uh, even the monetary worth of animals that are hekdesh are considered shama, the shamaim and they're spared. Aristaki is going to say that um, their their monetary worth it, it belongs to humans, and and in that case then uh, then it's not spared. So that's kind of that's going to be the discussion here. Amamar ayuba kodeshim kodeshim yamutu yamutu. So why, why should they die? Let them uh, let them walk around until. Um, why, why should they die? They're you should let them like walk around. Let them walk around until they they, they, they become blemished in some natural way, and then you can uh, use their money. You can you can use their money and buy nedava for the temple. You know you don't have to. It doesn't have to die. Um, it's a holy you know it's a holy thing, so it's spare. But maybe you can just use its money, and uh, and then you can use it and you can use money there and, and buy nedava. So Rabbi Yochanan says, why why does it have to die? Um, so Rabbi Yochanan Mar Zevach Roshaim Toiva. So Rabbi Yochanan says it has to die because the uh, sacrifice of the Roshaim is a Toiva. So even if, uh, even if, like, even if, so Rabbi Yochanan holds that the, it's still considered shlal. It's still considered the property of Shemaim. So uh, the monetary worth of an animal is still considered Shemaim. So it really shouldn't. It really shouldn't have to die. You know, because it's not. It's not considered. It's not your property. So why, nevertheless, it dies? Because he says 
it, it was connected in some way to, to evil, in that it came from a town that nevertheless sanctified it, so nevertheless it needs to die. But it's not that, like, categorically it's considered our property. It's still considered a uh, property of Shemaim, but it dies because uh, of this pasuk. Zevach HaShayim Toiva. Anything that, that even, if it's, even if it's a Zevach, even if it's, if it's Hekdesh, but it's from a city of, of Rashaim, it's considered Toiva and, and it must die. Um, just as an aside, as a comment, a lot of korbanot in ordinary times are going to be brought by Rashaim. Yeah, but this is so, this is the this is like a huge. This is a whole city of idol worshippers. Right. That's that's the distinction. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. No, the idea of I mean, korbanot is to remove us from our exactly. Rashaim, so, yeah. so by definition, yeah. I mean, there's korban todah and things like that, but but Different. in general. This is a public knowledge of a city yeah. that commits well, if, idolatry. It's not like an individual. If yeah, if you're coming, that's like the same thing. If you're coming like with sincere intentions and without Hashem, uh, and you're that's one thing. But if you're coming as dafka against, um, then I don't know if that be accepted as well. That's kind of these idolatry, this idolatrous yeah. town. So as we talked about that, Think if there's a petach, if there's an opening, even though you're a rasha. We still open it up for you, but here's a whole city where it's idolatrous. It gets to a majority of the cities of men. It's idolatrous. I don't know. It's not so much mercy at that point, I guess. But good point. Um, Rishaki says, "Well, no. Um, the reason why it's burnt, why, the reason why it dies, is, is, is not this whole zevach hashem tov. I think is categorically it's considered your mamon, right? So when you when you these uh, kodeshim uh, are considered your mamon, so mamon baalimhu." So how does how does this how does how do we consider this if they're korbanot these hek, these uh, they're hektish why are they considered your your property it seems like it shouldn't be your property right it's, you gave it to Shemaim. so he goes um, it, there's a view of Rabbi Shimon that says uh, that anything you're chayav b'charitan um, it's like your mamon it's your mam, it's like your mamon so if if the animal you would you would to um, if um, one second I wrote to myself here. Um, Yeah. Um, yeah. If you, ob- you you if you obligate yourself to bring the korban, and then it died. Yeah, you obligate to bring uh, this beautiful ox, and it died. Um, you have to replace it. That's you have acharyut. You made a, you made an obligation because you have some sort of acharyut over the animal. You have to replace it. It's as if it's kind of like your property to some extent. You're 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 watching over it. It's, it's, so it's part yours. So he's saying because it's part yours, Rabbi, he's bringing Rabbi Shimon's approach that says it's like it's your property because you have some sort of uh, attachment to you're, the property. You're kind of a shomer. You're kind of a shomer, exactly. So because you're kind of a shomer, even though the property, the animal itself, intrinsically is the shemaim, you have some sort of a, a uh, you have some sort of connection to it. And it's considered part yours. Therefore, that's why we say it dies, not because uh, not because it's not proper to bring shemaim, rather. Because it's your property, and anything is idol- an idolatrous town that's considered our property, it must die. Um, okay. Um, so now they're going to ask. Well, you say you have this source of Rav Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, that says we have. So this really was helpful for Rish Lakish to have the source of Rabbi Shimon that says um, uh, any that that uh, Mamon Bali. Uh, if you have is is Mamon Bali. That was helpful for him. But they're going to question whether that that can really, if you can really um, employ Rabbi Shimon's approach, because we're going to see we're going to see the later on in the Mishnah in this bright above, they bring a view of Rabbi Shimon, and so it's hard to say that 
we're explaining the beginning of the Brita with the view of Rabbi Shimon, and the end of the Brita, we're bringing Rabbi Shimon's opinion, it seems like, uh, it, it just say, the whole Brita is Rabbi Shimon. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going to say. If you, it's it's going to say right now. Ha, ha, mi sefer Rabbi Shimon he, reisha lav Rabbi Shimon. So you want to say the beginning of the Brita, if you just look at the Brita on the top, top line here, it says, Taran, hayubat kodashim, kodashim isbech yamutu. So is Rabbi Shimon going to say, that's Rabbi Shimon. And you go down three or four lines, this is Rabbi Shimon says, that doesn't work. So he has to come up with another... In another. other words, if he comes down on a principle, he can't then just bring something else that goes contrary to that. that well, it's not, even his, a, it's not even a principle. Like, no, it could wor- this principle will work here. The pro- I, don't, I don't even know if Rabbi Shimon is, is having a machloket on that point. It's just, <clears throat> it's just it's weird to say the first view, then afterwards say Rabbi Shimon says, if the first view is Rabbi Shimon himself, to say the whole Mishnah Rabbi Shimon says. That's kind of like the thing. His footnoting isn't making sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the, 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 la, the last source is in the name of Rabbi Shimon. So the first source has to be some other rabbi, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda. So that's what they're going to ask here. Um, so from the Rasha, it's not Rabbi Shimon. So they're going to say, no, so let's insert somebody else into the Rasha, into the beginning. Let's say it's Rabbi Yossi Aglili, who has a similar view. But he's talking about Kodashim Kalim. So, so, uh, so Rabbi Yosei says, uh, we'll say, the beginning is talking about not all Kodashim in the world. It's talking about Kodashim, Kodashim Kalim. Uh, we're not going to go into the distinction between them, but there, there are differences between them. But nevertheless, uh, and, and therefore it works. The end is Rabbi Shimon. The beginning is Rabbi Yosei Rabbi Yosei says, according to Rishlaki, that they, they die because they're Mamon Baalim. That that works nicely, but if it's only Kodashim Kalim, then you have to say then 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 later on when it says um, the Berakabai Yipadu, right afterwards, it should also include in there Kodashim Kodshe Kodashim Yipadu because um, the beginning is only talking about Kodshe Kodashim Kalim. That's that's going to be their problem here. Like why do, why do they not mention? It's a particular, it's a more specific category. What which one? Kodesh Kalim, yeah, right. Rather than Kodesh Kodesh, yeah, Kodesh Kodeshim, they're they're more um, they're more strict. No, it's 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 different different korbanot. Like Chatat Asham Olaz is a Kodesh Kodeshim. You can only eat them in a certain place. They're more strict. Kodeshim Kalim, I actually wrote down different Kodeshim Kalim. Pesach Mar Peser Beima Bechor. So there's distinct categories. So they don't even overlap. They don't overlap. Exactly. So you can't. Yeah, so if you, if you were going to write here, Kodashim Kali, if you bring in Rabbi Shimon, that work, because they include all the Kodashim. And that's Yamutu, the next category is Berekabai uh, Ipadu, they can be redeemed. But now if you say it's Rabbi Yosaglili, now you have one specific type of Kodashim Kalim, so what about Kodashim Kodashim Kodashim? They obviously wouldn't die, so they would be uh, redeemed. But that's problematic because it doesn't say that in, in the, the Brita. So that's what they're going to ask right now. Ve'elabit Kodashim Kalim ve'lebit Rabbi Yosaglili. They should say that they should already discuss uh, what they, what's really going on. They should have added that in there in the, in the bright if you really want to say it's Rabbi Yosei Aglili. Um, so, so, so why didn't they why didn't they put in Kodashim? So we're going to say no, it really is Rabbi Yosei Aglili. And it's talking about Kodeshim Kalim, Kornarish Lakish. So why didn't it add in Kodeshay Kodeshim? Because not all Kodeshay Kodeshim um, can be redeemed. 
there's a certain Kodesh Kodeshim Kodeshim that can't be redeemed that's Chatat um, it's a certain type of Chatat that's what they're going to say um, so that's why they didn't make the general like broad statement so, um, so if, if one, if an owner's died after they sanctified it, if the owner's died, they, the, the owner sanctified their chatat, then they died, the chatat then is killed afterwards. So in a case, where there are, is a case of Kotei Kodeshim where it does die, and it's not, it can't be redeemed. And that's a case of a, of a chatat, I don't know why, like, specifically chatat, the owner dies after he sanctified it, um, the, the chatat dies. I don't know why specifically. I don't know that law, but nevertheless, you can't. So, so therefore, therefore works out nicely. Uh, Rabbi Yochanan says, "Why do they die? Isn't there something? Why do they die? Why do they die?" There's anyway. It's, uh, so, uh, Rabbi Yochanan says, "Why? Why does why does kochim die? Why do they die? Because really, it's kochim shemaim, but it dies because uh, because it's from Rishayim. Yeah. Now, Rishlaki says, no, it dies because it's human. It's it. This is human property." Um, the, these kodeshim are human property, um, but but nevertheless, and, and, and it's talking. And this is Rabbi Yosef Lili's approach, and and why doesn't it mention kodeshim kodeshim here that they that they're yipadu? Because not all kodeshim kodeshim are are, are nifteh. There's one, there's some that die. So I, I made a mistake. The, the topic here is not necessarily um, the monetary worth of kodeshim. It's the kodeshim themselves. Mm-hmm. Are kodeshim themselves um, at least kodeshim kalim? Are they considered uh, Mamon Balim or Mamon, Shem- or Mamon Shemaim? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the topic. Okay. Oh, wait. At least from a logical <clears throat> point of view, it makes sense that Korban Chatat will die if the owner who brought it died. Because... Because it's supposed to Mechaper. On, on Mechaper, on that person's Averot, and that person's gone now. And so, which uh-huh. Averot are you Mechaper? And you can't Mechaper now... On the person's of it, is he standing uh-huh. before God? I mean, just from a purely logical point of view, mm-hmm. what 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 is it what is it for? Mm-hmm. Right? If you if you gave it for bedekabayit or something, mm-hmm. okay, so you fixed even after your passing, you, mm-hmm. you fixed the thing. Which of it are you mechapel? It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a nice point. You're, yeah. st- you're stuck. Yeah, um, nice. So uh, how many? Uh, so bishlama. So. That's why he didn't bring it in there. So, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan didn't say like Rish Lakish. Right? Rabbi Yochanan had a Pasuk. Rabbi Yochanan didn't, didn't, didn't agree categorically with Rish Lakish. He says it's Mamon Shemaim. So, and, and then he, and he had a Pasuk that said, why, why can't you bring it nonetheless? They're going to ask, why did Reish Lakish disagree categorically with Rabbi Yochanan? Why didn't Reish Lakish just hold that um, these Kodashim are uh, these Kodashim are considered uh, these Kodashim are considered Mamon Shemayim? Reish Lakish, my time alone, Mark Rabbi Yochanan, Amar Alecha, Ki Amrinan Zevar Hashem Toiva, Hani Mile Hechadit Nebe Nayo, Hechad Kivandi Ishtano Ishtano. So these. These uh, why didn't Reish Lakish why didn't Reish Lakish hold like Rabbi Yochanan saying that this property is Bidei Shemaim? So he goes, this is because their um, their reality has changed. Um, so no, this doesn't work according to what I was saying before. Um, give me one second. Um, 
So Rashi says, "Do you know about Aunt Bein Ayu?" mishum zevach v'shem toiva. So Rishlaki says that once you once you take the uh, once you take the um, what's it called once you take the kodashim and you you podet you transfer it on and you, you bring in a dava um, the the shemer shaim it, it's it's alleviated meaning like once you Meaning, Rabbi Yochanan says, once you um, have an animal, that's Kodashim, and it's the Shemaim, you can never bring it, you can't even, you can't even redeem it on something else, on another animal, and on, on money, and then buy another animal. Because no matter what you do, that money still is considered tainted. Because it came from a, a bad source. Rishlaki is more, like open, more open in that sense. He says, well, the animal itself uh, is, came from a bad source. But once you, uh, once you redeem it on, on money and you bring a Nidava from that, it doesn't keep extending. That negativity. That's a really interesting, actually, position to take. Is that clear, though? Uh, yeah, kind of. It, it, I mean, the, we got to make progress, but I mean, if you think about the history of Reish Lakish and you, the history of Rabbi Yochanan, Reish Lakish, in this case, wants to be a little more lenient because yeah. he's basically saying, "Look, uh, things that have an evil source." It's okay, eventually. He's about himself. Yeah. It, I mean, he's talking about himself in some ways. Rabbi Yochanan is being, maybe forgetting who he's talking to in a way. Mm-hmm. When he says, no, 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 it's all got to come mm-hmm. from pure source right from the beginning. I mean, there's some yeah. sort of undercurrent yeah. discussion here, it's really which is a little uncomfortable, right? It's really fascinating to think about it, really. Like, Shimmer Shim, how far does the Shimmer Shim continue? That's and who's talking? Yeah. Right. There's, yeah. A, there's a little subtle conversation yeah. going on yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because we saw in the previous video that Rishlakish was more, wasn't Rishlakish was, yeah, was more stringent. You got to make. But when it comes to this topic, no, no. But it was more like you got to make tshuva. No, no. You just got to make tshuva. Yeah. Good. It's consistent with who he is, though. Both both points of view. Are, you got to make right. tshuva, but if you do, the fact that it's you really came from a tainted cool. don't consider, don't is, consider this. Source. It's cool getting yeah. to the bottom of these. <clears throat> it's like really fascinating. That, that's the real work to really try to get to the bottom of what's really going on. Yeah. So, what are they really talking about? Yeah. Here? So here's another machlokir. Right. We're going to go into another topic. You have a bechor. Okay. You have a uh, firstborn <clears> animal, <throat> and it has a it has it has a moom on it. So a bechor that has a moom. Um, it's no longer it's no longer worthy, and you, I think you can even I think you can even eat it. I think you can. It's like it, it loses its status. Now the question is, once it lost its it, went, it demo, got demoted because of this this blemish, <clears throat> is it can still considered shemaim or not? That's also like a fascinating concept. Like this idea of this tamichacham that forgot all of his Torah, you still have to give the tamichacham kavod. It says the, the it says masecha brachot. The luchot and the, the, the original luchot and the shirei luchot are, were put in the aron. Mm-hmm. This idea of like something that once was in this high status and it lost it because it's just sort of blemish, you still give it. And you see that like sometimes you have these huge professors or whatever, and they maybe go a little bit senile in their, the end of their days. But everyone still gives them an extreme uh, honor because they still have that, uh, that 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 status. So that's kind of what the discussion is going to be with regards to the hema here. Rabbi Shimon Omer bemtacha velo bemat. Bechor umaser. So this is we're still actually referring to this bright down here. We haven't. This is a, referring to that bright above. The Mayaskina lema between. So there's a behema. Um, Rabbi Shimon says behem techa. Those die your behema and not behemat bechor umaser. 
Okay, so what are we dealing with? So if we're dealing with tamimim, those that are tamim, so any any bechor tamim, we don't need Rabbi Shimon to tell me that that it doesn't that it's not that that doesn't die. That's it's clear. It's shlal shamayim. It's the shlala and not shlala not shlal shamayim. The elab so what are we talking about? Balei mumin. Elab balei mumin. So if it's a balei mumin, so that's also problematic. If you say it has a, a blemish, then it's considered yours. If it's considered yours, then then it does, uh, then it does die. So what are we talking about here? So Maravina the lam bevalei mumin. So it is talking about a blemished animal. Omishin echal betrap bemtecha yetsu elushe. So yetsu elushe ain't echim betrap bemtecha. Ela betrap bechor maser deshlal shemaimino. So he's going to say basically, like this. he's basically saying that there's a, there's three there are three levels. There's um, your regular animal that that gets destroyed. Then you have this bechor that's perfect bechor that's shemaim. And you have a Bechor that got blemished. And he's saying, because it once had the name of a Bechor, even though now you can eat it, it's still considered Bechor and still considered Shemaim, and it doesn't get destroyed. So let's just read in the words. Maravina. Lo'lam bevalei mumin, umishin echal batrat memtecha, yatsu elu she'inen achim batrat memtecha. These aren't eaten in, like, in the category of your behemah. They're eaten el batrat bechor maser. They still supposed to have the name, the status of bechor maser. The shlal shemaim in hmm. So... So that's interesting. that's interesting because that's the that's, that's like that's, that works well with what I mentioned before, like the idea that you still um, it's like this whole thing <coughs> going to it. But I mean, the Arizal has this whole idea of the Rishimu, is the idea that God removed God's presence in the world, but there was still this Rishimu, this this like uh, aspect of God that was still still around the world. And from that, everything came. The creation was formed. Like, and when, when someone who passes through, you, they leave a mark. You know, it's not it's not like things uh, mm-hmm. things go away. So. Same thing. There's a mark of the, of what what happened in the world from from this. I don't know. So mm-hmm. Positivity. Okay. Um, okay. So um, and then and then the next next approach isn't going to disagree with that. Shmuel. This is how I'm reading it. And, and I saw the place explain it kind of more more complicated way. But I'm just going to read it more simple way. Try to understand their machloket. Shmuel. Damar. Shmuel. This is machloket with Shmuel. Damar. Shmuel. Kol kareva kol nifte. So that's not so clear what he's going to say. They're going to explain. My kamar, hachi kamar, koshe karev kshu tam, v'nifdek shu ba'amum, mishlala imid. V'koshe karev kshu tam, v'nifdek shu ba'amum, kagon b'chor maser mibain enafka. So let's just go through it. It says, my kamar. He, he has this like kind of a uh, cryptic statement where he says, uh, kol karev, v'kol nifdek. So they're trying to understand what that means. So they're going to explain, they're going to unpack it as they say. My kamar, hachi kamar. Koshe, everything is karev when it's tam, v'nifdek shu ba'amum, Mishtala imit. So anything that that's not a bechor, basically, because uh, a ba a bechor when it's baal mum um, is not nifteh. You can actually eat it. So anything besides a bechor, you learn it out from shlala. That anything that's your property gets burnt. Anything that's not your property, shalal shemaim, doesn't doesn't get burnt. But you learn out this one. no Anything that's brought when it's tam, but but when it's not tam and it's as a gum. It is nifteh, and you could just eat it. Kshubamum, like a bechor maser, yeah. Mi behemet, mi behema nafka. You learn it out from behema. So anything, so this is uh, anything that's your behema. Something that's not in the category of your behema is uh, is this is this one that that was once a bechor. So the question is, what's their machlok? It seems like they're both kind of saying the same thing. Both basically saying. You have your animal, and you have something that's your animal, but it's not really your animal. It was once your bechor, and now you're eating it, but it's not really yours. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't know. Maybe their machloket is uh, that, that Ravina. People explain it in a more complicated way, but maybe their machloket is Ravina seems to be learning out from Shlal. It says here like this: So anything that's in the category of bechor maser, it's considered like God's shalal. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shmuel is saying we're learning out from behema that it's not your behema. Mm-hmm. So I just want, I don't know. Wonder you could just say like there's there. These are like two different ways to look at this inner category. Like you have like the, your animal, God's animal, and you have this in, this intermediary category, and then there's two sides to it. Is it more shalal or is it more behema? Right. It's it's like. But there's still uh, still. Yeah, it's a, it could be it's God's animal, but you have a right to eat it. Or the fact that you eat it can eat it means that it's yours, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, but it's uh, but everyone agrees it's not your behema, the, right? The, the the view that says Shmuel that says we learn out from behema says it's not your behema, but he's not willing to say it's in the category of shalal. Yeah. Ravina says like, it's not yours. Yeah, we know it's not yours, yeah. but it's it's still more yours than than shalal. And then uh, Ravina says it's, I learn out from shalal, but it's not mamash shalal. So it's like this like there's a spectrum there. It's like interesting, it's little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. But it's all closer to Shlal. Okay. Um, okay. So here, the question, the next question is going to come up is this. Um, this is the question we're going to have here. Do you have Master? <coughs> Sh- oh, sorry. Okay. You have um, the Kohen. Like you give a Truma to Kohen, yeah. And the Kohen eats each in the Truma. Mm-hmm. So is this considered Kohen's property? You said even you said even Tzadikim are in a town, mm-hmm. their property gets destroyed. So a Kohen is it's a little bit more rights than the Bukhor even. It's like this is his Parnasa, right? Mm-hmm. So is this considered his property or not? That's gonna be the discussion here. Um Trumot Yirakeva. So we said the Trumot they should uh, they should be um, they should uh, just spoil. Marvchista Loshna El Truma Biad Yisrael. About Truma biad Kohen kivandimamamonehi who tisaref. So this idea that so Rav Chisa is explaining that the, the, now we're back to the Mishnah. This doesn't send the Mishnah. Truma Yerakevo. Okay, so uh, the, the Mishnah says Truma they should they should uh, be they, they should just spoil. You should leave them out, let them spoil. So why don't you burn them? So obviously the Mishnah is taking a st- stance that um, it's not considered our property, right? You don't burn it. It's not considered the Kohen's property. Apparently, it's considered a uh, property of Shemai. So why don't why don't you just why do you have to let it rot? Because it still maybe it's from a, a, a negative source. It comes from that town, but nevertheless, uh, you don't have to burn it because it's not considered the Kohen's property. But then Rav Chisa say Loshna. This this case of the Mishnah is only talking about Truma that's in your in Israel's hand. Israel has not yet brought it to uh, Israel has not yet brought it to to the Kohen, so it's still considered Shemai because Israel made. I'm, I'm making this hekdesh. This is my Truma. That's Shaman. But once you give it to the Kohen, that becomes the Kohen's Mamash property. So it's going to say, Aval be Truma be out of Kohen, because this is Mamon, it should be, it should burn, it should be burnt. Um, so that's, that's Rav Chiz's approach. So Rav Yosef has trouble with that. He's going to bring a, a case from our Mishnah. Um, it says, Maser Shini Vikitur Kodesh Yiganezu. It says, Maser Shini, what's Maser Shini? You bring it up to Jerusalem, and, and then you eat it in Jerusalem. So that should, that, should be, that should be that's a classic case of something. It's similar, very similar to truma. A Cohen eats, takes the truma. They eat, a Cohen eats it. It's like it's his property. Same thing with Maser Shini. You bring it to Jerusalem and you you eat it there. It's considered yours. So it should it should be tisaref in, in congruence with uh, with uh, the previous statement of Rav Chiza that says tisaref. 
but it's not. That's not the case. This is Yiganezu. Yiganezu is because we don't, we don't, we don't, we we still bury it because out of out of. So we still bury it because we don't because it's a. I guess it's a. It, was, it came from a, a bad place anyway, mm-hmm. but it's not because it's categorically it's yours. Um, so if it's why does it say Yiganezu? It should be, if it's Yiganezu, that means it's not your property. It's, it's the property of Shemaim. You're just burying it for because it came from a negative a negative source. So so Rav Chista uh, doesn't back down. So again, Rav Chista wants to say it's considered the property of the Kohen. Um, Rav Yosef wants to say maybe it's not considered the property of the Kohen. Rav Chista goes back says it doesn't doesn't back down. It is the property of the Kohen. Um, so the truma in the the kohen that is nignaz, that is that that gets buried. So, but nevertheless, I still hold that it is the property of the kohen. So why does it get buried? It gets buried because we don't want you because of respect for the for the truma. We say it doesn't get burned. There's a different reason why it get, he, he still holds categorically. It's considered the property of the Kohen. So why don't you burn it? Because it's truma. It's something holy. So we don't want to want to burn it. But nevertheless, it's considered. It's still considered the property of the Kohen. Um, so what's this, so if you still consider the property of Kohen, there's a little trick you can do. Um, so aval truma biad Yisrael. So if you have a truma in the hand of Israel, so what do you do? You're, you know, uh, so what do you do? You give it to another Kohen, another ear. And because I hold that that it becomes the Cohen's property, you give it to a Cohen another ear, and then then that's fine. That's one, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So that's <laughs> so maskana there is that that guy. So we have the maskana there is that it is it is the property of the Cohen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And why do you bury it? You bury it because not because the uh, not not because of the source. You bury it because uh, it's the property of the Cohen. It really should be burnt, but we have kavod for it, so we, that's why you bury it. Yeah. So the last question of this last sugya, um, which is still needs a little clarification in my head, so we'll, we'll go through it. Hopefully, it'll be um, um, we'll clarify this more as we go on. But maaser um, sheni, yeah. When you bring it into Jerusalem, it's considered uh, shemaim uh, to some. So it's different than what we said before. But maaser sheni, once according to the approach here, once you get it into Jerusalem. Um, it's considered like it got it got absorbed into Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is not can't be a city. Jerusalem can never be a city. Uh, you're in a There's like a, a principle like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, it's like once you get it's like you know the um, Klot. It's like the Klot, kind of like the city of refuge for the for the for this Ma Truma for this Maser Sheni. So once you get the Maser Sheni into Jerusalem, you're safe. It's not considered Irmikla. But what about when you have a Maser outside of Jerusalem? And you're about to bring it to Jerusalem. It, it, it could potentially it's it potentially brought to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Is that potential enough to make it considered Shemaim? Mm-hmm. That's like a another layer here. So um okay. That's what we're gonna see here. Now uh, is that specific for Masashani that en route to, to Yeah based on Mikdash? It, it's specifically it's not any um, what else? Anything. I mean, no, I'm just saying you could load up your uh, cart. Well, it's not Sarah Shane, you have to desk. So, you know, no, no, oh, so we're going to discuss because that. Because if, if there's something about Yerushalayim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, so, so, Master Shane, you don't have to necessarily bring up the fruit. You can, you can sell the fruit, get, get, the and then use the money in Jerusalem. Right, right. It's the same idea, though. That money, I'm talking about that <coughs> money or whatever. Master Shane is unique in that it has to be eaten in Jerusalem. Not everything has that, that aspect where you bring it up from another place outside, inside to Jerusalem. It has to be done there. 
like a korban. I don't know if you, if you have to bring it to Jerusalem, but there's not like a, something that's started outside. You bring it there, and then you, you bring the korban. But this obligation is like a stretching one. From, from the moment you got it, there's like this obligation on it to bring it to Jerusalem. Tan hatam isha. So it says in this brayta, which isn't, a, isn't whenever it says tan, that means a mishnah. But this actually isn't a mishnah. So there, there are places that it says tan. It's not a mishnah. But for the most part, when you see tan, you know it's a mishnah. Tan hatam isha shemaser sheni. Right, Gotta move a little bit. Isha shemaser sheni. Because I actually want to finish this daf. But this is a magadata, so we can kind of move through it. Um, Amar, that's like not a nice thing to say. Okay. <laughs> that's like, that was my yeshiva training coming out. Okay. Um, so you have, it says in the Pasuk, there's a Pasuk that says, uh, you have to bring arisotechem. Anything, in order to bring chala, has to be from your arisa, has to be from your dough. So um, it says here, um, if you have, according to Rabbi Meir, um, something that's master sheni, it's not obligated in chala, and uh, because that's because master sheni is not arisotechem, it's not your it's not your bread, it's not it's not your dough, it's it's dough of shemaim, and chamim say um, it is you do it is considered a shel yisrael, it is considered shel yisrael, and uh, they do make you do chala. Um, so amar of chizda machloket b'master sheni b'yushalayim. The Rabbi Meir Savar Maser Shini Mamon Gavohu Rabbanan Sarimon Hadiyotu. So, so their machloket is in relation to Yerushalayim. Rabbi Meir holds that Maser Shini is Mamon Gavohu in Jerusalem. Rabbanan Sarimon Hadiyotu. So the question is, why? Do, why does I, I think it, I brought a logical explanation for why it's Mamon Gavoha, But why does Rabbi Rabbi uh, Why do the Chachamim say it's Mamon? Uh, why do they say it's Mamon Hadiyotu? My question. Um, there's a Rashi here. Oh, one second. No, I don't know. Um, okay, so the Chamim say it's mam- uh, in your time it's mamon mamon hedjotu. About Gvulin, divrei kol pator. But in Gvulin, everybody agrees that outside of Jerusalem, even even. Uh, even uh, Rabbi Meir, who holds that in, Jerus- in Jerusalem it's considered mamon shemaim, outside of Jerusalem, let's say you had uh, it started out, you you you, you had new produce, or whatever, in the second, what is it, second, third, uh, it's first, second, fourth, and fifth year, you had new produce, you have to bring maaser sheni. Um, if you if it happened outside of uh, Jerusalem, um, so at that point uh, everybody would agree that it's not mamon gavoa, it's mamon, it's our mamon. Um, they're going to question this, though. That's where our question is going to start. Mm-hmm. Outside of so, Mativ Rav Yosef, Maser Shini Kitvei Kodesh Iganezu. So Rav Yosef said it brought a, when it says Mativ, that's a Tfonotanic source. He uh, he says Maser Shini Kitvei Kodesh Iganezu. So it says the the Maser Shini is Nignaz. So what are we dealing with? The Maeskina. So, so what's the problem at all? We have a, It says here that Maser Shini gets gets buried. So there. So there. We are accepting that this Maser Shini is coming from an Irni Dacha to some extent. So if our, our bright our Mishnah can't be talking about Yerushalayim because we have a principle. Inana said Irni Dacha. So Jerusalem can never become an Irni Dacha. 
So if you're talking about going from another city and going into it, you took it from another town, you brought it to Jerusalem, and immediately the, the, the walls accepted it in. Um, so, so, and that can't be also. So what is it talking about? Gvulin. Uh, so it must be talking about Gvulin. So, so, so let me just like rehash it. Um, we said brief previously that both of the Tanaim would agree in Gvulin outside of Jerusalem that it would be considered Mamon Adam. But then we have this Mishnah that can't be talking about Jerusalem because Jerusalem, it, here it says it's Nignaz, Maser Shani. It can't be talking about Jerusalem because Jerusalem is, uh, never can become Irni Dama. So it must be talking about Gvulin. It's talking about Gvulin, and so why is it Nignaz? Um, it's, 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 it's Shamayim. So you can answer what we answered before. Maybe it's out of Kavod. But I'm not answering that right now. No, it's talking about another town. And they brought it, So you, you brought it from another town. It's from another town. And you brought it to Jerusalem. Um, and, and what is it dealing with? That it became Tameh. So you brought it to Jerusalem. So you brought it from another town. And you brought it to Jerusalem. And it really should be Mamon Shemaim. Okay, so we're, we're, accepting, we're accepting the statement earlier. First statement said it's Gvulin and it's Mamon Shema. Everyone agrees. Mamon Shema and Gvulin, right? Mayor. Second approach says, no, maybe it is Mamon Adam and it's burnt and, it, and, it, and you have to bury it. And we're going, no, it really is Mamon Shemaim. So why, why do you have to bury it? So we could have answered what he said before, maybe as Kavod. But here's another answer that you brought it to Jerusalem, but it was Tameh. And because it was Tameh, you couldn't, you couldn't do anything with it in Jerusalem. So it has to be, you couldn't eat it. So you had to bury it. But it doesn't mean it's not Slal Shemaim. This idea that, that it's buried doesn't isn't a sign that it's that it's it's being destroyed because it's human property. All right, it's still shemaim, but it's being buried for a specific reason, a, not a categorical problem. Rather, a specific issue is that uh, it's tamet. That's that's one answer. Uh, so so why don't you just uh, so what's the problem? Just uh, what's it called? Uh, redeem it, redeem it, and again uh, redeem it. And then you won't have to bury it. You redeem it on something else in Jerusalem. It's, it's time that you redeem it, and then you wouldn't have to bury it. So why are we saying you have to bury it specifically? Um, so they bring a proof. Why don't you just, why does that say, um, why do we say again in our Mishnah, you're a kevu, you in our Mishnah, mm-hmm. uh, we said we explained that it really it's Shal Shemaim in Jerusalem, but it became Tameh. So if it becomes Tameh, you can you can um, redeem it. You can redeem it. Why does that have to be buried? That's the question. Uh, I say no. Uh, what became Tameh? Not the not the fruit itself, the Maseri Sheni you brought, but the thing that you the thing you redeemed it on that also became Tameh. Mm-hmm. And so there, and the assumption here is that if you redeem it on something else and that becomes Tameh. Then you have to bury it because there's no it's, there's no no way out. Then they're going to ask, well, who, who, not so fast. Even something that you are redeeming on can also become uh, can also be uh, can also be redeemed. So the free the free the free the It keeps going. This is like keeps, you know the bottom line though is is going to be the, the bottom line is the conclusion that it is. It, this is like kind of like discussions afterwards, but the main, bottom line is that it is considered stal shamayim. Um, that when something, uh, what was the case here? Remind me again. Maser Shini. When Maser Shini outside of Gvulin, everybody agrees that it's, uh, that it's, uh, it's Pator. Yeah. Um, I think, and that's, that, that's the Maskana. When you bring it to Jerusalem, 
it's considered Shlal Shemaim. Um, but when, but the, when it becomes Tameh, um, when it becomes Tameh, then, then, then it, you might have to bury it. Yeah, okay. So that, that's clear. Okay. Um, Okay, so, so why don't you take that thing that, that you know the, the klisheni, the thing that you were pode on? Why don't you pode that and make a klishlishi? It's not lakoch bekesef So no, you can't make so that, you know there's machok and halachah. There's such thing as a klishlishi at all. So kirabi kirabi yosi damar I think it's rabbi yosi the damar kaver. So he says he holds that you can't uh, that you can't keep going on like this forever. Um, so this is like a general clause not just specifically to Irni Dacha I won't get into that but that's, that's a question they're asking so, so now we're going back so we're talking here not about somebody who's Tamech we're talking about somebody who's Tahor okay? So, okay, somebody went to, someone's Tahor they went to Jerusalem and nevertheless we say that uh, we say that we, someone took their okay, someone took their thing to Jerusalem Eric Monster Shaney to Jerusalem. Um, they got there. This, the town's walls accepted them in. So this should be Shalal Hashem. So why do we say you have to bury it? The first answer was you bury it because it became Tameh. And Tameh you can't use. But now we're saying no, it's really someone's, it's, it's Tahor. So why do we have to bury it? So I'm going to give another reason. El Alam Tahor. So the walls of the town fell. It's a case where in the walls of Jerusalem, might have, a wall of Jerusalem might have fell, and the walls didn't really accept them in. So it's not considered Shlal Shemaim. It's still considered Shlal Adam. Mm-hmm. So it's for it to be accepted is only Midor It changes its status only Midor Abanan. So when there's no Mechitza, so, it's, so when someone comes into Jerusalem uh, with their, with their Maser, either it's for sure Shlal Shemaim. Okay, if it's outside, it's for sure not Shlal Shammai. When it's inside, uh, it, it could, it, the Mishnah says Yiganezer could be for one reason because it became Taman. Another way is because the, the walls didn't really accept them. The walls fell down for some reason. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's considered Shlal Adam. There's what, maybe what to think about with all that stuff, but there's not so much. Well, it has to do with the intrinsic hectic of the item. If it's dependent on the walls, right? So, yeah, the item, the item comes hectic when you bring it to Jerusalem. Right. But when it's just potential, right. it's just potential outside that's of Jerusalem. That's the intrinsic. It doesn't have it has intrinsic potential, but it's not considered shemaim yet right, until it right. gets into the walls. And if the walls fell down, that it it only had potential, so yeah, it never exactly. achieved its potential. Exactly. So it's uh, exactly so. yeah. That's, that's that's the message. Okay. Kitvei Kodesh Iganezu. So okay, now it's gonna be a little bit lighter. Um, but this is like fascinating investigations, right? Like all these like subliminal, uh, uh, subliminal, uh, subtle. No, there's like this. Uh, what's the other word? Um, and, you, you, you're talking not subliminal these, these intermediate sta- uh, places uh, oh I see um, um, I forget the word it's a word that my shiva used to use a lot <laughs> intermediate? no it's like a more like fancy word oh. alright anyway you, All right. you went to a yeah I know my gamar is bringing out my fancy <laughs> okay it's knocking it out you use big words in Brooklyn my <laughs> shiva is just coming two digit, out yeah, yeah. alright um kitvea koji ganezi mani rabbi eliezer so our Mishnah is not like Mishnah. So we say Kitvea Kodesh. Okay, so town, that's Kitvea Kodesh. What happens is you have, you have a town, and it's Irni Dachab. You have Kitvea Kodesh. You have Rambam, you have Rashi, you have all these books. You have Marina Vuchim, then maybe that would get burnt. But you have other books. You have a holy book. So we say once you bury those books, then we can, then we can destroy the town. 
So that's not like Rabbi Eliezer. Because Rabbi Eliezer says, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Kol ir shi yeshba afilu mezuzah chat. Inana set ir nidah. That's a big qualification there. That's like, correlates with the approach that says that it never happened, really. Because right. mm. it has to be completely wayward town to the extent there's no mezuzah. So that's not, but, but the, the approach of the Mishnah is not this approach, right? The approach of the Mishnah says that if that's Kifar Kosh, once you bury them, you can destroy the town. Or once you take the mezuzah and you bury it, you can destroy the town. You can't burn the whole town because it says Don't do that to Hashem Elokechem. Don't, don't destroy uh, the, the, the holy property of God. Um, so, so our mission is not like that approach. So that, that's just like a okay, one-off uh, thing here. Rabbi Shimon Omer Amar Kodesh Baruch So the continuation of this, of this of the, we have a machloket there between um, Rabbi Yossi Aglili and Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi Yossi Aglili said uh, like this. Rabbi Yossi Aglili uh, said that you can never build it up again. Rabbi Akiva is more, more, more lenient in this sense. Rabbi Akiva in general is more lenient. That's what I said. Remember we said before, you, you went off your path. Remember, you're usually more of a more of a lenient guy. You're more of an optimistic person. So Rabbi Akiva here too. He, Rabbi Yosegli says, once the, the, the city got destroyed, uh, you can't do anything else there. Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva said, you can't build there something again, but you can build orchards and partisan. So we're going to try to understand that machloket. Rabbi Shimon Omer, so v'chule, that's what we're darshaning here. Oftentimes, not, not the Rabbi Shimon statement. I mean, the chule. That's the machloket Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yosegli. Um, so, Lema Rabbi Avin, Amar Bi'ila Kamiflage. Okay, so we have, there's a pasuk, it says, the first pasuk is a general principle. Vayatel olam. This isn't inside, I'm just saying it's outside. This pasuk says it has to be a remembrance forever. Right afterwards it says, don't build it up ever again. So the question is, is this latter statement modifying the previous statement? I mean, are these two separate things? Uh, don't let it be a remembrance forever, and I'm going to add on something even more. That if you build it up, you're also going to be uh, transgressing a lav. Or is this latter statement modifying the previous one? Don't build it up. Uh, it shall remain in remembrance forever. Don't build it up. Don't build it up, but you can, uh, you can do other things like orchards and, mm-hmm. and ginot. So, if, so, this is all, so we're trying to understand the machu between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Akiva based on this. Based on this do you connect these psukim or not? If you can, if you don't connect the psukim, then it's it's a blanket statement. You lead remembrance and don't do it. And these are two two two. You do two bad things when you when you when you build them. And that would be Rabbi Yosei Aglili. Or do you understand it that uh, the, the latter part is modifying the prior part, and that that there is openness that you can't build it up, but that's modifying saying, but you can maybe build orchards. That's what they're going to try to say here. Um, Rabbi, Yossi, Rabbi Avin has this statement: Ein danin bichaloprat. So you, you always disconnect them. So I want to say, maybe Rabbi Yosegli was holding, you always disconnect them. And Rabbi Yosegli is saying, these are two, law, these two for, forbidden things, and that's why he said you can never build it up. Demar Itle, this is, uh, this is Rabbi Yosegli that says you can never build it up again no matter what. He's like Rabbi Avin, that there's two, you can, the latter thing never modifies the prior. Umar, uh, Rabbi Akiva, lately the Rabbi Avin. Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva doesn't hold like that, and so the latter part is modifying the prior part, and therefore there's openness to having a, a pardes and gina there. No, so I don't know why they knocked it out. That's, that's pretty nice, I thought. But uh, maybe they have a reason, but they're not bringing the reason. No, 
Everybody holds like Rabbi Avin. So that's a pretty interesting thing, right? So always when you have a lav after an aseh, um, or in these kind of cases, it's not modifying it. These are two separate things adding on. So that's, and even Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yosegui agree to that. So what are they, what's their discussions? It's like so, something much more simple. Uh, it says in the Pasuk, Ode. And the Pasuk says, uh, you shouldn't build it again anymore. So is this any more, really anymore, or kind of anymore? That's kind of, <laughs> yeah, so, Achimar, Marsavar, Ode, Legamre, all the way, Ode. Marsavar, Ode, like it was. Don't do it, like, maybe it's different how you understand Ode. Ever again? Or Ode is like, as it was, you know? Don't, don't do it as it was. I mean, Ode could be understood as two, diff- two different usages for the word Ode. Okay. So, according to Rabbi Akiva, yeah, according to Rabbi Yosef, don't build it again. Don't build it ever again? Yes. Don't build it ever, again. Or do you yeah. don't build it again as in, yeah. like, like it was? Yeah. yeah so I can you can see the you, yeah. two usages. Okay, so here are some, uh, we're going to get into uh, five, minutes. five minutes. Okay, <laughs> bang it out. <laughs> sorry, uh, I got it. Uh, sorry, Rav Kook. Rav is really big in the I got it. So you have to study it like, like you study the halakha. Or at least some people are really uh, adept to it. They should be studying even more. So. Anyway, it's a Torah Eretz Yisrael. They study Agadita more than they study a lot more Agadita because there's more like prophets, more inspiration there. Anyway, in any event, I want to say you know for the scene. Tanarban, are you by Ilanot Lushin? So we have Tanarban. So it's not built up. You can put you know the part of scene. You can put you can put orchards and and gardens. So if you, Brighta says like this, if you have uh, trees that are, that are they're not in the ground, yeah? So it's another question. Like you have trees that are not planted. What's their status? Trees that are planted versus trees that are not planted. What's their status? So it's like another, like, you know, lim- that's it, liminal. It's a liminal state. <laughs> That was what I was looking for. Mm. These are liminal cases. So they're, they're, if they're separate, they're considered like property of the, of the land, uh, and they're asurim. If they're muhubarim, if they're connected, um, so it's not considered like property, it's considered the ground itself and doesn't have to be destroyed. Uh, but in another town, though, even the tlushin, even, uh, even the muhubarim are asur, even the ones that are connected are not considered the property. They're, they're also considered the property. We can we consider we, we destroy them too. My what's this? But so now, that's the end of the bright thing. So what's this Iracher? What's this other town Iracher? So it's talking about Yericho. Yericho had this. Uh, their 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 judgment was very strict. It's it's going to be a cherem. So there everything's destroyed there. Okay. We're going to go to a little bit of Yericho. Anyone who built at Yericho. So Yeshua made a, a cur- place to curse on anybody who builds up Jericho again. Tanya, lo Yericho Hashem ir acheret, lo ir acheret Hashem Yericho. So don't, so don't like name Yericho another name and then say, ah, I can, I can build it up again. Or don't name another area Yericho and say, I can't destroy it. It's talking about the specific oh. place, not about status or the name. Uh, uh, so, uh, it's learned out from there. <laughs> Tanya. Um, 
So, uh, so someone else built this, this individual, uh, Chiel, built up Yericho. So in, in his Baviran, he, uh, he, he built it up, and he, he shouldn't have learned. But Seguv, it's Seiro, Yaelimot. Aviran is Seguv. What do they do? Achi Kamar. Baviran, Bechoro, Yaelimot, Belotor, Rasha, Seguv, Seiro, Mimashma, Shinema, Baviran, Bechoro, Inio, Desh, Seguv, Seiro, Matamu, Lamar, Seguv, Seiro, Melamed, Shaya, Mekaver, Olech, Meaviram. So he would. So they they have a list of his children. I'm sorry, I'm not going through this in depth, but uh, uh, one died after another, even from from the young to the old. Um, so Shoshvinu all right, let's go. Let's go to this part. Um, not another area. Uh, not another. Not Yericho. Not another name of another town. And not another town on the name of Yericho. Amarle Eliyahu, in Amarle Hashda Levate de Moshe Lo Kamekaima. So, so, so this person came in front of. Uh, um, Okay. Uh, okay. So Okay. So okay. So let's go back. Achav So I think it's. Um, one second. Let me just. This is actually somebody comes and asks the question. Let's see who it is. So we're like really out of time. Let's make sure. Um. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Achav was Hillel's close friend and groomer. Okay. That's it. That's it. Here it is. Achav. Uh, Achav. Let's start with Achav here. Okay. Achav was was the groomer of of Hiel. and he in Eliyahu he came to ask Eliyahu a question. Um, and so Achiel came and said, "Sorry." He and Elijah came to inquire about Hillel's welfare in the house of mourning. Okay. Um, Yosh, so, Yechiel said, okay, Bishlomah Beitamai, Vakamar, Dimam Kimilat Yoshua Hachilat. Lo Yericho, maybe when Yoshua um, cursed, he says, Lo Yericho Hashem Yerachert, Lo Yerachert Hashem Yericho. Amale, is this, yeah, and Eliyahu says, this is what, yes, this is what he cursed. So you go, Amale, Hashta, Moshe's curse didn't come true. Yoshua's curse didn't come true. Lava de Moshe, Lo Kimikaima. So Moshe said, "You're going to go serve idols." So Achav says, uh, uh, "So they said, Shemaim uh, are going to be stopped when you do Avodah Zarah." And this person, which I believe it's talking about uh, Achav, uh, put a um, and and that man referring to himself. This is Achav says. I placed Avodazara on every and every on every town of town. Remember, we learned that you put every every area you put you put Avodazara, and nevertheless uh, the rain hasn't stopped. So you say on one hand you have this curse Yeshua is going to come true. Anyone who does that the, the other it's going to have, bad things are going to happen. Nevertheless, uh, Moshe's curse didn't come true. Okay. Okay. So, uh, as Eliyahu said, I'm going to show you, there's not going to be any rain. 
By Rach Meva Havale, he asked, so he goes, I'm going to show this guy, it's going to have, it's not going to be any rain, and that Moshe's curse is going to be true. So, Matar, by Rach he asked for Rach for Shemai, they give him the keys of the rain. The Kamba Azel, so the Shemai, they gave him the keys. So right after they give him the keys, they say, go, go down to Nachal Karit. So, so he got the keys, and then because he got the keys, and he prayed for this, and he stopped the rain, and things were bad uh, for Am Yisrael, and he didn't pay attention to it, um, th- then this was his unraveling. So, because he should have prayed after things got bad, and there was no rain for Am Yisrael, should have prayed, and he didn't. So this was unraveling. So where do they get there? Where do they get the, the food for him? So we got it from the uh, from the slaughterhouse of Acha. That's where they got him meat. So this is what's going to happen. The, the it became the Nachal became dry because Eliyahu prayed against the rain, so so Moshe's curse would come true. He had the keys because he get the keys. He uh, he saw that there was pain in the world, but Eliyahu didn't pray for it to make it better. Um, um, it told him to go down, and that's when his unraveling came. Um, so, so he went to that area, and that area, and there was a woman who, uh, who became sick. He asked for Rachamim, uh, and, and, and they gave him the keys of Tchadametim. So now he has two keys: Tchadametim and the keys of the, of, of rain. Three, three, about three keys weren't given to Shaliyah. Uh, the one of, of childbirth, of, of rain, and Tchanametim. Yermush Shai beyad Tamid. But two were given to this Tamid, Vachabi Adarav. And God only has one left. That's not good. So Aiti Ha, Vishaki Ha. So they took one of his keys. Because t- he didn't pray enough, it ended up taking his key of rain, because he didn't pray for Am Yisrael. And this is how it all kind of unfolded. It took his key of rain, and he only had the key of Tchanametim. So it's, it's similar to somebody who uh, someone who uh, someone who uh, locks the door then they lose their keys. So uh, Eliyahu locked the door because he didn't pray for Amishel. Then God took the keys away from him, and he couldn't even he couldn't help things again because um, he wasn't responsible with the keys. I guess that was the problem. Ab Eliyahu, Ab Eliyahu was a kapdan. Eliyahu was a kapdan. He says Eliyahu was too strict. He said, uh, Ragia, uh, Eliyahu was, used to come and visit him all the time, but in this time he, he didn't come because he heard him say Eliyahu was a kapdan. Uh, he didn't come for three days. Loata. When he came, Marle Amai Loata Mar. So, so, uh, so whoever this was, uh, Ab Eliyahu said, uh, sorry, Rabbi Yossi said, um, and Sipuri said, where, 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 where have you been, Eliyahu? Um, so he goes, you, you, call, oh, you call me a kapdan. So I'm all like, yeah, that's why I called you kapdan. That's exactly why. I called you kapdan and, and you didn't come for three days. I'm, you proved my point that you're a kapdan. So the story's ending. Like, he didn't, he, Eliyahu was a kapdan and that's kind of why God took away the keys after he had the keys. But look, look, back, is, is too strict. Someone too strict. who's too, yeah, too, too strict on, on he, he prayed to remove the rain, but he didn't pray to, to bring it back for, when Amishal didn't have rain. And that was a problem, so they took his keys from him. And they're going to say, that, and that was the conclusion, that he was, he was too strict. Um, uh, so it says, uh, And this is a statement, anytime that there's, there's Kherm in the world, Roshayim in the world, there's Kherm in the world. What is Roshayim? Ganavim. These are robbers. 
Rasha Balolam Charon Balolam. When someone is a thief uh, in the world, uh, God's wrath comes to the world. Bebarosha Bo Gambuz Im Kolon Cherparosha Avamin Olam. Avamin Rasha Avamin Olam. When Rasha leaves the world, Tova Balolam. That's where you say, it's the whole idea of Yoni Dachat, right? When the evil leaves the world, good comes to the world. When a tzaddik dies, it's bad for the world.